You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. For the sake of my brothers and my sisters and my friends, I say, may peace reside within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, I will seek your welfare. This prayer for peace and security and welfare of what at its core it means to be a godly congregation and a community of people who embody godly values resonates with me this week. And in particular, it resonates with me as I look at this week's Torah portion. Every week we read a portion from the Torah, from the first five books of the Bible, in sequence starting in Genesis and going through Deuteronomy in synagogue. And this week, as Zach will read for us tomorrow, and of course others, and as, as Zach will talk about tomorrow, we're reading Parashat Vayetze this week, which continues the saga of the patriarch Jacob. Patriarch Jacob has an interesting saga. Those of you who remember from last week or just remember from Sunday school, Jacob is the uh, second-born twin of the patriarch Isaac and the matriarch Rebekah. And Jacob has a twin brother, an older twin, Esau. And Jacob manages to swindle both his brother and his parents, uh, into receiving the birthright, the inheritance, both material and spiritual inheritance, that should rightfully have been Esau's. And so Esau, Jacob's twin brother, is naturally very upset about this. And you can uh, imagine, if you know anything about the characters in the story, Esau is described as this burly, brawny guy who's into hunting and all things outdoors. And he swears when he hears that Jacob has stolen his birthright that he is going to stop at nothing to kill Jacob as soon as his father Isaac dies. And Isaac is advanced in years. It could be any day. It could be weeks. It could be months. He doesn't know. Jacob doesn't want to stick around to find out. So at the end of last week's Torah portion, Jacob runs away from home. And this week's Torah portion picks up on that theme on that story of Jacob running away from home. It says at the beginning, Vayetze Yaakov mi Beersheva vayelech harana. Jacob fled Beersheva and set out for Haran. Now, this story strikes me in this week because I suspect that some of you at least made a logical leap in your head, as I did, of what it means to be a person who flees one's home and one's homeland because of a fear of violence and a fear of getting caught up in violence. I don't know what you would call that, but I would call that being a refugee. And it turns out that our father Jacob was a refugee. It also turns out that our father Jacob is in a long tradition 
of refugees from the Jewish tradition, both stretching out before and after him. Abraham was a refugee. Abraham was Jacob's grandfather. Abraham was a refugee. Abraham was called on God to leave his homeland and go out to a land that he did not know. That made him a refugee once. Then when he got there, there was famine in the land. He, his whole family, could have died, wiped out by the famine, so he fled to Egypt. Refugee a second time. Isaac had moments in his life where he was a refugee too. Having to settle periods and lands of the Philistines in more hostile territory. And we know, of course, that within the course of Jewish history, the refugee story and the refugee narrative is deeply embedded, is deeply part of our story, deeply part of our history. Stretching back to our ancestors in ancient Egypt, to our ancestors living under Roman rule, to our ancestors living during the time of the Spanish Inquisition, to our ancestors living during the time of the Crusades in Europe, to our ancestors living at the time of the Shoah, the Holocaust. And even in more recent memory, to our ancestors living at the time of Soviet domination in Eastern Europe and what it meant to fear for who you were and your life and your welfare of your family, and having to set out and stake out to lands unknown in order to find a better life for yourself and those that you love and you care about. This refugee story is deeply a part of our narrative. And so Jacob embodies that in this week's Torah portion. He flees because he flees for his life. He doesn't necessarily know where he's going or what he's going to encounter when he gets there. What he does know is that he's received a promise, a blessing from his father Isaac, that he would go on to be the, uh, the, the father of the Jewish people, that he would be the spiritual and material heir of Isaac and of Abraham, and he would go on to be the father like them of great nations, and that he would inherit the land of Israel, the land that God swore to Abraham. And Jacob now has this whole world rocked because he has to run away from home and he's fearing for his life. He doesn't know when or if he will ever get back to be able to fulfill the promise that God made him. He doesn't know if I run away and leave the land of Israel, will, I, will that promise still hold? Will God still care about me? Will God still be with me? Will God still protect me? Will God still lead me to the place that my father promised that God would take me? And so Jacob sets out on this perilous journey. And during the course of this perilous journey, he, lay, he finds a place to stop for the night and lays down to sleep. And he goes to sleep. He places a rock under his head as a pillow. He goes to sleep. And he has a dream. A stairway was set on the ground. And its top reached up to the sky. And angels of God were going up and down on it. And the Lord was standing beside him and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. The ground on which you are lying I will assign to you and your offspring. Your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. 
All the families of the earth shall bless themselves by you and your descendants. Remember, I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Jacob awoke from his sleep. Jacob awoke from his sleep. And he said, Surely the Lord is present in this place, and I did not know it. What's going on in Jacob's dream? We're going to hear a little bit more about this tomorrow from Zach. But so many of the commentators talking about this vision, this image of angels ascending and descending a ladder, what they interpret that to mean is that God is trying to show Jacob that just because you're leaving the land of Israel does not mean that I, God, am not going to go with you. That even though we have this tradition of angels, not angels who are present in the land of Israel not being able to leave the land of Israel, and you being afraid that because that's true, because I'm the God associated with the land of Israel, that you won't have my protection, my accompaniment when you leave the land of Israel. So you have an image of angels going up and down the ladder, meaning to say that the angels who are accompanying you to the border of the land of Israel, you're right, they are staying back. But you're going to have new angels taking you by the hand, escorting you on this journey, making sure you get to your destination in peace, making sure you prosper while you're there, until maybe, hopefully, God willing, one day, they'll escort you back to the borders and the other angels will take you back. What Jacob sees in that dream about his experience as a refugee is the possibility of love and care and concern and protection and welcome, not just where he's coming from, but where he's going. And then he wakes up and says, the Lord was present in this place and I did not know it. I didn't realize, Jacob said, that when I flee, when I leave my homeland and go to a place that I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen there, I don't know if I'm going to be any safer there than I am at home. I don't know how the people are going to treat me when I'm there. I don't know if they're going to welcome me with open arms. I don't know if I'm going to have a place to stay. I don't know how I'm going to make a living. And Jacob sees angels present that are going to take him in and escort him to where he's going. And he says, God was in this place and I did not know it. Meaning to say, when you are fleeing for your life, and there are people, places, communities, structures, entities in place to welcome you at the border and take you in and make sure you get to where you're going safely and are able to prosper and build a life for yourself, that is the very definition of what it means to be in the presence of God. And if you can fulfill that role for somebody, that means that you too are making each and every place in which you occupy a place where God is 
People may not know that God is there when they set out from their homes, but depending on how the reaction goes when they get there, they will know or not know whether God is in that place. And they'll know whether God is in that place based on whether we meet them, accompany them, and welcome them into our lives. We are in a perilous moral moment in our country and in our world where thugs and vandals and terrorists with, without prejudice are committing horrible acts of brutality and destabilization. And if any of us were in those situations, we would likely be doing exactly what millions of people in places like Syria are doing, which is setting out from our homeland in search for safe refuge, a place where their families can grow, a place, place where their families can live, a place where their families can prosper. Indeed, that is our story as Jews. It was Jacob's story, it was Abraham's story, it was Isaac's story, and it was our story throughout our history, and God willing, won't need to be our story again, but history has a way of rearing itself. And so the moral challenge in front of us is whether we can be like those angels in Jacob's dream. Whether we can be the people, when those people get to our shores, to our borders, they would be able to say, Thank God. God is present in this place. I didn't know what I was going to expect, but I found God here. There are, of course, questions of security that need to be addressed. There are, of course, challenges with incorporating and absorbing people fleeing other countries and coming into our country, especially in mass numbers, or whatever other country they're coming to. But our tradition, at the very least, offers, I think, as clear a moral beacon on this issue as it does on any other issue. That when we are faced with people like Jacob fleeing for their lives, we have a choice to be like God or to not be. That's the choice in front of us. And I pray that we as the American Jewish community, as the community of America, embrace that opportunity and that responsibility to meet those people in their need with open arms and open hearts. Caring, of course, and taking caution where caution is necessary. But never shutting the door because God would never shut the door.